Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith uh, coming at you with a recap of Kentucky, Georgia. You also have a scouting report going up on Vandy. Uh, that game will be tonight, Tuesday night. So recording both of these on Tuesday morning, going to be very condensed episodes, maybe 10 to 12 minutes each. Not taking up a lot of your time, but just uh, just enough to get you ready and then recap a little bit about what went on at uh, Rupp Arena Saturday night for Kentucky's 92-77 to win versus Georgia. We're going to start there. Obviously, Sabir Wheeler not being in action. That was the biggest storyline last week. Ty Washington moving over to the point guard position. Uh, first time this season starting at point guard. Has played point guard at times when Sabir is out, obviously at LSU, and then he cramped, and uh, Kentucky didn't have a point guard on the floor. That was not the case Saturday night. So let's start off with how good Ty Washington was. By now, everyone knows he broke John Wall's single-game assist record. Uh, the previous record was 16 versus Hartford on December – I think it was December 2009, I believe. Ty gets it 17 on a pass to Oscar late in the game. Oscar dunks it. And uh, just an incredible performance. Ty Washington finished with 17 points, 17 assists. Just an unbelievable stat line. He looked very, very comfortable out there uh, in that game, uh, leading the, the charge for the Wildcats. He also finished with five rebounds. He only had two turnovers. He added two steals, and he played 36 minutes. Just an incredible performance from Ty Ty and the thing that stood out to me the most is the pace that he played with in ball screen action he he made the right play a ton of times uh, attacking attacking the hedge defender attacking the big he, he had a change of pace he would he would do some uh dribble hesitation moves he'd get to the rim he'd have those pocket passes to Oscar Shibway into the bigs he uh hit that mid-range jumper if the big played back just an excellent job by Ty Ty and honestly if you pull up his highlight tape he put on a clinic and how to run ball screen action in the middle of the floor and the side uh, everywhere just uh, an unbelievable an unbelievable performance and here's why it's so big for Kentucky and and I don't think Ty Ty's gonna Ty Ty's not gonna move to the lead guard because when Sabir's healthy Sabir's gonna be the point guard but I think you'll see some some plays and some sets and things where Kentucky goes with Ty Ty with the ball in his hands late in clock uh, late in games I mean that right there what I saw against Georgia, it wasn't a close game for Kentucky, but all those things that I've been talking about for about the last uh, seven to ten days, I want to see Kentucky in close games. I want to see who they play through late in clock, or if it's a two-point a two point game with two and a half to play in the second half, what do they go to? I think we might know now. I think uh, even though in those settings, Ty Ty is so good in that ball screen action, whether it be with Oscar Shebway or whoever's sitting that ball screen, or even Kentucky when they get to their Spain action, I think you're going to see Tata mixed in with the ball in his hands. And, and a lot of it because of the decision-making, the ability, the thing that he has that Xavier does not do out of that is that ability to pull up and beat you from 15 to 16 feet. That is an added element that Xavier does not do consistently well. Uh, Xavier good at getting to the rack, making plays, but he's not going to knock it down from 14 to 15 feet at the same clip that Tata Washington can. That's why I think late in games, Xavier Wheeler still might be on the floor, but I think they're going to play through Ty Ty a lot uh, late in the clock. But just just a crazy good performance. If you pull up the tape, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, Davion Mintz, the, the other story, a guy that's been waiting to bust through this season. He missed some action earlier in the year with due to illness. I think it took him a bit to get his legs underneath him. And he shot 7 to 10 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3, played 30 minutes, did not get the start, but played a ton of minutes. Uh, probably should have got the start because I'm still not a fan 
of the Jacob Top and Keon Brooks on the floor together lineup and and not not really a knock on those two. I just don't think that they know how to play with one another. Obviously, Keon Brooks has the better skill set to play on the perimeter and do some things. Uh, I think Toppin probably should have been off the bench and Mitch should have started. But, hey, the start of the second half of the three-guard lineup, and that was the right move, and you saw Kentucky get going in uh, the second in the final 20 minutes there. But Mintz is a guy, he said after the game, he said it, it can't rain forever. At some point, the sun has to come out. Well, it, it come out at uh, Rupp Arena Saturday night. Just a, a great performance by him. And when he's in that rhythm knocking down threes, he, he was Kentucky's three-point shooting. The Wildcats shot six of 15 from three-point range. He was five of seven, and Grady was one of six. Uh, so he he was the three-point offense, and then Tata was 0 of one from three-point line as well. But uh, so he adds that element, especially off the bench when they're when they're at full strength. But that was a big game for him. So not only was it good to get Tata Washington those reps at point guard, it was also good to get Mintz those extended minutes because there's going to be games throughout league play into that league tournament and NCAA tournament where Davion Mintz is going to have to come up big due to foul trouble and other things. And when he finds that rhythm shooting the basketball, he we know he can go on a heater. And we, and we saw that again Saturday night at Rupp Arena. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now Oscar Shibway, dominant. Uh, just any other game, he would have been the talk. 29 points, 13 of 21 shooting. 17 rebounds, just unbelievable, played 38 minutes. So all this talk about, you know, how many minutes would Sheboy play this year? I know a lot of us kind of penciled him in, penciled him in for getting in foul trouble. It hasn't really happened. I mean, he's had some foul trouble, but at LSU, picked up two in the first half, never picked up another foul, played 38 minutes versus Georgia. He would have been the story if not for Ty Ty Washington having a record-breaking night. I mean, an incredible performance. 29-17 and is yet to have a 20-20 game. I thought he was going to get there. I thought we were actually going to get a 30.20 rebound game. Uh, just an unbelievable effort from Oscar. He, he continues to be dominant. His post presence, when he gets position, he gets position better than anyone on Kentucky's roster and, and honestly, arguably better than anyone has in recent years. Like, he gets deep post position. He's physical. He's getting really, really comfortable in pick and roll, pick and pop. The thing that stands out to me, too, on the defensive end is, is how well he's playing in ball screen action defensively. I think he's doing some really good things a lot better than I thought he would. So that's a guy that just continues to get better, and I'm telling you right now, he's going to be in the conversation for National Player of the Year and uh, wouldn't shock me with the way he's playing SEC Player of the Year. I mean, how can you argue with what he's done? When you look at the rebounding stats across John Calipari's time in Lexington or even across John Calipari's time – uh, as a basketball coach, Oscar Sheboy's dominating right now. 
I think he's only had, I want to say maybe five or six players uh, average double-digit rebounds for a season, and Oscar is literally like three or four rebounds ahead of the pace of guys that Cal has had. I need need to find that statistic again, Uh, and when I do, I'll share it. But just an unbelievable talent that what he's doing right now, he's bought into his role and just continues to get better. And sure enough, it definitely makes Bob Huggins look bad right now for saying that he doesn't work hard. Uh, because that might be the hardest working guy in college basketball right now. But one more topic I want to talk about before we start to wrap up here is if you're in the the conversation or the ballpark that John Calipari doesn't run out of bounds action, then this probably wasn't the game for you. And I get it. It's frustration a lot of times. It's so frustrating because they they have situations, they have sets, they try to get the ball in quick or they'll try to make a quick post. But there was some very good play designs from under the basket with uh, Davion Mintz being the trigger man. There was one in the first half, I think about 12 and a half minutes to play, uh, where Davion is the trigger man out of bounds. Ball comes in uh, to Keon and then to Tai And then soon as Davion throws the ball in, he sets a back screen for Sheboy to slip to the block and Oscar got a dunk out of it. Same set, second half. Georgia's looking for that back screen action from Mintz. And instead, Mintz fakes that screen, and just pops out and hits a three in front of the Kentucky bench off of Oscar Sheboy getting post position there as well and seals his man. So very creative stuff from John Calipari. Pay attention to the trigger man if it's Davion Mintz or if it's Ty Washington. Yeah, you're starting to get some of that action uh, on the out-of-bounds sets, and I, I really liked it. I thought it was very good usage. In the first half, the one where Sheboy gets the back screen and the dunk, If Mint, after Mintz sets the back screen, it's a set of screen to get a screen. He sets it and then immediately gets a pin down from Keon Brooks for a three at the top of the key. And then if they don't have the shot, they just flow right into their half-court set. Uh, So I thought that that was really creative and really good to see uh, from John Calipari and the staff. Uh, But overall, a really good win. Obviously, Ty-Ty Washington was the the story of the night. Uh, Keon Brooks did finish with 14 points. Jacob Toppin didn't have his best night. I know he had a lot of energy at LSU. I I think that's what you're going to get from that position as like I said earlier a few weeks ago if Keon Brooks is playing really well he's going to be the guy that plays a ton if Jacob Toppin's playing really well he's going to be the guy that plays a ton of minutes Uh, but overall Kentucky gets a win that was their second win in league play they got right they go to Vanderbilt next and uh, we'll see exactly what happens with that matchup Kentucky opened as a six-point favorite versus the Commodores It'll be a challenge. I know I talked a lot last week about that being a quad one opportunity for Kentucky. Right now it's a quad two. Uh, Vanderbilt lost to South Carolina. They dropped in the net. I think they're down to like number 79 right now in the net rankings. It has to be 75 or higher uh, to be a quad one win away from home for Kentucky. So a lot of games, they're going to start quad one, maybe go to quad two, start quad two, go to quad one. Uh, that's just how it is. It's like Alabama you know, lost a quad four game on Saturday to Missouri, and then as of this morning, sorry, it's a quad four game to Missouri. Missouri was 241 in the net, and I haven't checked where Missouri's at now. Let me go look. I'm sure they climbed. Probably climbed, climbed quite a bit, honestly. I can't even find them. Yep, all the way up to 199. So what was a quad four is no longer a quad four. I mean, not even close. Jumped almost 40 spots in the net from one win. So you will – you're not going to have – Things like that happen as often, but a lot of these wins will shuffle. Once you get into late February, early March, that's where the overall body of work and resume really starts to come into play, and uh, we'll dive into that. But as it stands right now, it's a quad two, and then you got three straight quad ones. Auburn will definitely remain a quad one 
the rest of the year. Kansas will remain a quad one opportunity. So some big time opportunities coming up for Kentucky. As always, the show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.